0: Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one.
1: So, anyways, with that time dreams. welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs, and I feel like this week's been a, a whirlwind uh, for us, Nick. I mean, you haven't even come back to work since Sunday because um, you've had your your couple days off. Uh, I, it's got to feel like that way for the Chiefs too, right? Like you you get up for a rivalry game against the Broncos and the Raiders and back to back weeks. Now you get really two days to prepare uh, for the biggest game of the season with the chargers. Um, I mean, how much of a challenge is that for the chiefs do you think to get ready uh, you know, with no rest, only two, two days to prepare, really one day of practice and a walkthrough tomorrow on Wednesday, probably. And then you, you got to go to work with the AFC West on the line.
0: Well, I, I think a big part of it is the benefit of it being a divisional game is that they did work on prep during OTAs and training camp. Some of the players just may not realize what they were doing at the time. Um, so you have that portion of that, and the Chiefs have played them before earlier this year. So that part of it, I mean, people have a familiarity with it. They can see what they took away from them last time, what they took advantage of, and and then also be able to adjust on those things. So from that aspect, that's that's the that'll be fine. The two parts that you really – you're battling though for for the most part is trying to get in the training room and get healthy and do what you can to help your body be as close to 100 as it can not saying it's going to be 100 because that normally takes now almost an entire week if the season to get healthy in some regards Um, but they'll do the best that they can and then on top of that you know every single nfl team is going to be going against the battle of covid for the rest of the year like that's, well is, yeah you bring that, that into up the reality
1: and, yeah covid cases are obviously on the rise around the country but you know, the nfl had a record number of a monday and that included josh gordon um who who tested positive um you know so his his availability for thursdays in doubt and then tuesday uh when andy reed spoke to the media um you know he announced that chris covid or sorry chris jones was in was in the covid protocol um it's unclear whether he tested positive or whether he was just you know deemed a close contact um but um you know i mean who knows what the chances are that those guys could test test negative you know 24 hours apart to you know twice in a row to have a chance to play thursday but if you're the chiefs you got to prepare as if jones and gordon aren't going to be available right so i mean i think chris jones obviously the bigger loss of the two but what do you have? You know, what do you have to adjust if Chris Jones and Josh Gordon aren't
0: available? I mean, you got to adjust your pass rush for starters. So in that regard, you're going to have to move Wharton and rotate him and Jaron Reed into Chris Jones' spot. And you have to use Derek Noddy more as the uh, other defensive tackle. So that's that's going to be your biggest thing. And then you got to decide if there's somebody you want to bring up from practice squad that can help with the pass rush and be able to potentially rotate into one of those spots. So that's going to be another thing that the Chiefs are going to have to. Chiefs are going to have to get figured out over the uh, over the next two days, essentially. So that's going to be another uh, fun little thing to adjust to. I mean, with Josh Gordon, I mean it's unfortunate he's not going to play, but uh, I mean the bigger thing that I'm that I'm thinking of in my head is what what risk of exposure is there for other players? Is there anything that's going to happen on Wednesday? Is there anything that's going to happen on Thursday? From somebody having symptoms and having a test or something of that nature, you know. So I mean, it, it. I mean, until until that game hits at seven o'clock, I'm I'm you know technically seven seven fifteen seven twenty range. I'm I'm personally going to be nervous until uh, until that point about what may happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, if there's any good news, we know that the you know the Chiefs have a high vaccination rate. Like, I mean, it was over ninety five percent. I think at the start of the season. Which will admit it, you know, that puts them in a lower tier, and you know, but still, if any of the guys test positive at this point, um, you're not going to have a chance to test out. I don't think anymore. Um, you know, it, yeah, if you test positive on Wednesday, you're not going to be probably be able to test negative two days apart and get cleared by the NFL in time. Um, yeah, and look, I mean, look, it, it bit the Rams on Monday, right? I mean, Jalen Ramsey and and some other guys. Uh, we're not available. They've had subsequent guys test positive, Odell Beckham Jr., stuff like that um, today after that win they had against the Arizona Cardinals. And so, uh, you know, like you said, I mean, uh, up until, you know, game time, like, it, it's going to be a little nervy to see. I mean, it, you know, um, if anybody else, you know, especially if they're, you know, if, if, if it's Tyreek Hill, if it's Patrick Mahomes if it's you know more guys on the defensive line that could really put uh, a cramp in uh, the you know the Chiefs game plan and ultimately the Chiefs hopes to win the AFC West but they're not alone I mean Rashawn Slater the starting left tackle uh, you know rookie left tackle for the Chargers who's been a difference maker for that offensive line uh, also on the reserve COVID list right now if he doesn't play then that's a huge loss for them and really you know opens things up for you know a guy like Frank Clark to maybe have a monster day
0: yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see how everything shakes out. I just I think everything's going to be in flux for pretty much the entire uh, the entire week until the Chiefs get done. And even then, I mean, you know, we'll we'll see how things shake out after that. I just it's going to be a. Uh, I mean, this is kind of the two weeks after Thanksgiving, so you have this was kind of the range to where teams were probably hoping to get out of the clear in that regard, and then after that. You know, two weeks after Christmas will be towards the, towards the end of the year. So you're going to be holding your breath till then. And then with New Year's Eve and New Year's Day being that close by, you know, the first two weeks of the playoffs, you're potentially going to be holding your breath till then. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be a thing right now that reality of uh, things, you know, things that aren't football related are going to be something that is going to be more of a uh, more of an issue than than people expect.
1: Right. I mean, you know, you look at the Rams, I mean, you know, they're coming off a big win, but they've got to play the Seahawks and their facility shut down now because they've had so many positive tests. They're going into the enhanced protocol. So they're having to go back to a virtual world, um, you know, which is obviously going to, you know, depending on how long that's in place, going to have an impact on, on, you know, their preparation for the game and, you know, and, and look, they're, they're a game behind, Uh, the Cardinals in in the race for that NFC West title. I mean, you know, these things could have a major impact on on ultimately playoff seeding. And maybe even if you make the playoffs at all.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's, that's going to be the worry from this point going forward for every team that still has something to play for. So uh, unfortunately, that's just what every team's going to be going to be dealing with from this point forward. And for the chiefs, they already had a, Slim margin for error if they want to get that number one seed, or if they want to get one of the top four seeds and have a home playoff game. So, I mean, they they're all going to have to kind of decide if they want to put themselves basically in bubbles to and from practice, and and have to you know have to tighten things down to be able to be able to stay in in the give themselves favorable circumstances to get the best positioning from a playoff perspective. So that that's going to be the bigger that's going to be the bigger thing that has to come out of after this week, what everybody wants to do going forward.
1: Yeah. And so look, obviously these teams have already met once before, right? They, they played week three, Um, you know, the chargers, um, you know, won that game 30 to 24. I really think that this is probably the AFC West title game. Um, You know, because if the chargers win, they'll have the head to head and they will be even on the record. I, and if they are tied with with the Chiefs on record, I don't see them losing to the Texans, Broncos or Raiders down the stretch. Right. Like so at that point, it's probably impossible for the Chiefs uh, unless they were to stumble. It's impossible for the Chiefs to, to get back into first place in the division. So you're looking at a wild card. The Chiefs win. You got a two game lead with three to play. You've got the better division record. You're in great shape to get one of those top four seeds and guarantee yourself at least a home playoff game. Um you know and this was in that stretch early in the season where the Chiefs couldn't get anything going in the first half i mean if you remember they had to get a field goal late to make it 14 to 3 at halftime you know came out and took the lead in the third and then retook the lead in the fourth quarter you know Patrick Mahomes and and you know got got three touchdowns there got things going a little bit um but you know ultimately they they end up giving up you know a field goal and then a touchdown in the final uh, two and a half minutes and, and lose that one. Nick, what, what stood, stands out to you from that game and that previous meeting, uh, you know, and, and other than the four turnovers, because obviously that, that minus four turnover margin w- was the difference in that one.
0: No, I mean, it, it, it's, it is the turnovers. I mean, you, that's, that's what decided that football game. That That's the reality of that because they were driving on each and every series there. And then, um, and then Marcus Kemp has the Mahomes, well, you know, makes the throw behind Kemp and Kemp lets it bounce off a shoulder pad and a guy intercepts it. And then, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had a fumble for for that one. And then Tyreek got the ball ripped out on on the very, you know, on, a, on another drive. So, I mean, they drove down the field all three times and potentially could have been up 21 nothing or 21-7, something along those lines. And that was the big problem. And then you had miscommunication with the defense where the Chargers went in to, went into hurry up. And were able to isolate Keenan Allen on one play and I believe Williams on another um and then they had a two-point conversion too so three different times they hurried up and did that and then on top of that um he had a huge week this past week but Mike Hughes gave up the two uh, the two final touchdowns that the Chargers ended up scoring in that game to tie it in and to win it and then you had the Hail Mary near the end that uh that Mahomes had to throw up where there was P.I. on it but the Chiefs pass rush was really struggling in that game. Chris Jones was playing a defensive end. So, he uh, essentially, he was kind of a non-factor um, in that game by playing the defensive end role. So, in, in that regard, from this time around, you have Mark Ingram, and you have Frank Clark, and then you're going to have to rotate Wharton in. Um, and and Jaron Reed's playing better. So, I mean, and that front four is going to be different than it was last time. So, in that regard, you have that positive to look forward to. And the linebackers are playing better and the secondary is playing lights out compared to where where they were at that time and from watching that game earlier today. So the Chiefs have, they have less confidence on offense than they did in that game. But Mahomes is a lot more cautious with the ball now. So I just, I don't think, I'll be surprised if the turnover margin is the same as what it was. But yeah, no, I mean, there's, there's, there's confidence if you watch a game. The Chiefs can take confidence in the fact that they could have hung 28 or 35 against the Chargers in week three without much of a problem back then. Yeah,
1: I mean, they actually outgained the Chargers by nearly, uh, you know, nearly 100 yards. It was, you know, 35, 437 to 352. You know, they had 33 first downs. I mean, they were racking it up. They were 6 to 10 on third down. Um, so you take away those turnovers, you know, and, and also, I mean, look, there was that fourth and nine DeAndre Baker gets called for, I'm going to call it a questionable. Um, you know, defensive pass interference that that extended the drive and and you know allowed that that you know the the game winning touchdown to happen, um, you know, so I don't think the Chargers were clearly a superior team to the Chiefs. At least that wasn't that's not what my take is. That the Chiefs were sloppy and they paid for their mistakes in that one. I think they know that though, and I think they're hungry, and I think the Chiefs, the Chiefs are well aware, far more aware than you and I are that this probably decides the division. Right. I mean, I mean, this is their livelihood here, so they know what's at stake. I expect the chiefs to come out and play well, but having said that, I mean, look, I think Justin Herbert is emerging as one of the, you know, maybe the best, uh, you know, well, let me ask you, let me put it this way. Is Patrick, is he the the second best quarterback under age 26 or the best quarterback, not named Patrick Mahomes, um, under age 26 in the NFL right now,
0: I think it'll take one more year for him to to kind of set himself in that with probably national media and with fans across the country. He's going to have to do that, in in the playoffs, this Chiefs game Thursday can help part of that on a national scale. And if he's able to do it nationally a couple more times, and then if he's able to do it in the playoffs like that, that'll start to cement who he is and where he's at ranking rankings wise as a quarterback in the league. But You know, him and Mahomes, him and Mahomes, in my opinion, are two of the two of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. And they happen to be in the same division. So if I'm the if I'm the NFL going forward, Chiefs Chargers is going to be on the is going to be one of the national games each and every year. And you're putting both games on nationally.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the only other I think Joe Burrow is another one of those young quarterbacks that you can see having a very bright future. But I think. I think Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and a guy like Joe Bur- Burrow, uh, are, those are you know three guys that I can kind of consider the future of the league at the quarterback position. So, And look, the, the Chiefs have been very complimentary of Justin Herbert with his size, his athleticism. Um, his, you know, Tyron Matthew talked about his ability to see the whole field. Steve Spagnuolo called him elite. But let's not forget that just like Patrick Mahomes, part of what makes him elite is Austin Eckler. Is Keenan Allen is Mike Williams? The weapons around him and the ability of those guys to to make plays, get open, you know, make plays after the catch and do some special things is also part of what makes Justin Herbert a pretty special quarterback so far.
0: Uh yeah. I mean, the the way that the, the receivers that the Chargers have and then what they have at running back like that, that's what makes Herbert look as good as he does. Like, I mean, that essentially is what he has wide receivers that can win their one-on-ones, whether it's Keenan Allen, whether it's Mike Williams, whether it's, whether it's Josh Palmer, whether it's Guyton. Um, and then you have Eckler down in the flats that can work once you get it to him. And then you have Jared Cook at tight end. And each one of those guys can win their one-on-ones. So a lot of teams have to play zone coverage against against that group of talented receivers and passing options. So then what Herbert has to be good at, is he's got to be able to rifle it in there, have good velocity on the ball, and put it in tight windows and zone coverage. So he's been able to do that, and that's been a massive part of why he's had the success that he does is because of that, because the Chargers aren't exactly running the ball well, and they really haven't most of the year. And a lot of that's because on an offensive line, they're not great at guard, and they're not good at right tackle. And those, the, Once they fix those spots, and if they maintain what they have at receiver, they, and then – Kind of are able to work with Roundtree a little bit more, and, and Eckler and Jackson, and kind of have the rotation of those guys together. Then they'll be they'll they'll be able to hang 35 most games. But right now, that offensive line's kind of keeping them from that. And then the Chargers' defense just just what they they just don't have enough to do with the scheme. I think the way that Staley wants to right now. So I think in that regard, they just don't have the pass rush to get it done to the extent that they want to. So they sit back at the sticks, they wait for people to, you know, they to rally to the ball and to punch the ball out. And that's a lot of what they do. And so if you have a good offensive line and you can buy yourself four to five seconds, you can throw all over them without a problem, but they're hoping that you're just going to take the easy checkdowns and work down the field, which is what the chiefs have had to do all year. And then they utilize Bosa and, um, and 42, the other edge rusher, um, they they utilize both of them to contain, especially with Mahomes, to either contain or one goes around, one pinches in, and then that's just kind of how they made Mahomes uncomfortable the first time. So it, it'll be interesting to see uh, how the Chiefs attack it. There's a lot of opportunities there that are available to attack it, and the Chiefs have the offense to do it. It's just hopefully everybody's available to do it on Thursday.
1: Right. I mean that you know we again we'll we'll see i mean at the time of of this this taping so far Jones and Gordon are the only ones in the uh the on the reserve covid list, but um things could change in a hurry um you know look i mean, I think one advantage that that the chiefs also have is is the chargers' pass run defense is terrible i mean Kansas City rushed for one hundred and eighty six yards against, and that's the second most they ran against any team um you know this season so um, you know, I mean, Clyde Edwards Hilaire had a hundred yard game. The last time these two teams faced Patrick Mahomes was also a factor with his legs. He had, uh, you know, 45 yards on the ground. Do you expect to see that from the chiefs? Do you expect Andy to lean into that a little bit? Um, you know, especially if Chris Jones isn't available, try to exploit that weakness in the chargers game and, um, uh, you know, and punish them on the ground a little bit. Cause teams have had success against them doing it, that doing that this year.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I think a big part of it will depend on who's available because they may have to right. at some point. Yeah, like, so, I guess if
1: Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey, uh, you know, end up, you know, unavailable, then maybe you have to alter your plans or something Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm not speaking anything into existence <laughs> name-wise. <laughs> no. Unlike you've been trying to do this entire podcast, I'm not putting anything out in the universe. I'm just saying, depending on who's available to determine a lot of that game plan. But with what what is available from that run from the run perspective and run concept is whenever you pull a tight end or a guard if if the Chiefs are running right they're gonna have to put a tight end on the left side and they're gonna have to pull them with one of the guards or centers to get out into space they're not gonna be able to do it with Orlando Brown because he's not athletic enough so like they can't utilize him they can't utilize him on quick traps they can't utilize him trying to pull out into space so that's that's he's just going to have to be a guy that occupies the defender or down blocks depending what's what they're trying to do if they're trying to do a, a toss or a pitch or a crack back or what they may end up doing but the Chargers have been so nervous about getting beat to the edge that once you put tight ends to that side they give you the backside cutback cut back to the right guard pretty much every time maybe even right tackle depending on how that end got handled but they give you those opportunities. And then the, the chiefs pop pass that they do, that's normally available with the right speed. And then the screens are available all the time against them. And the chiefs use that for one of Clyde Edwards, hilarious touchdowns, but even, I mean, so for example, I spent part of last night and pretty much all, all this morning watching 10 of the chargers games. So I'm only, I'm only three shy. I think of their season so far. I don't know. Maybe I'm not a numbers cruncher I know that a bye week in there somewhere. So looking through all that, they haven't really improved in the screen game at all. That's still available for teams because of their stubbornness that, hey, we don't want to get beat to the edge in the run. But if you space us out, you can take advantage of that. But also, we want to stay at the sticks with everybody. So, I mean, you know, there's there's stuff that you can run against them, especially in crossing routes in the passing game, that you can run against them in short yardage to do stuff. Play action, you can get them. As well, you're going to have to keep an extra defender in for protection purposes against Bosa. But play action-wise, I mean, their linebackers bite so hard up that they leave that second level available way too often. And there's ways that you can flood with trips formations that you can just flood and exploit their zone coverages and, and just and stretch them to the max and create these voids over the middle that teams relentlessly do against them. So there's so many ways to attack them. The Chiefs have the players in the offense to attack them. But the big thing that it's going to come down to is in the run game, do they pull the guard and tackle? Do they put tight ends at the line of scrimmage? And then also, does the offensive line give Mahomes four to four to five seconds? Because if they do, they will destroy that zone coverage. Because a lot of the teams that have time in the pocket, they just most teams need three, three and a half seconds because their receivers are able to do it. Tyreek and Kelsey can do that. I don't know if some of the other receivers can get open in that amount of time other than McCole Hardman. So if they can do that, then yeah. And then the chiefs can, uh, they can, they can have a fun day on offense, but it's, you know, there's a lot of things that have to happen. A lot of people that need to be available for that to happen. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens come Thursday time, but man, um, there's a lot of opportunity there, but I will say watching the chargers offense from a receiver perspective and running back perspective, That's honestly, that's what the Chiefs, that's what you want to see the Chiefs become next year. That's the investment you want to see the Chiefs make to where they can be just as efficient.
1: Yeah, one guy that would be great to see get involved in that offense again would, uh, a little bit, would be Travis Kelsey. I mean, teams have been defending him, uh, you know, banging him on the line and, and, and bracketing him in certain situations. He had a good game against the Chargers last time, though. Seven catches for 104 yards, but
0: I know we'll say what a lot of what they did was they did trips to the opposite side with him one-on-one so they could isolate him against the backer safety and kind of see the matchup that they were using. So I'm kind of curious to see if the chiefs try that again, even if it's just from a decoy perspective.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, obviously the chargers will see that too. And they might, they might counter, you know, and try to, you know, do something different, but then that gives, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid a chance to try to kind of diagnose it and figure out, you know, what the, uh, what the next, what the, the next evolution of that set might be, um, to get Travis Kelsey unlocked, but he hasn't, he, you know, he, look, he hasn't had a touchdown since the green Bay win back on November 7th. So I'm sure that, uh, they'd love to, to get him cranked up, get him more than three catches in a game, uh, which is what he's had the last two weeks against Las Vegas and Denver, uh, and, you know, just make sure he's a big part of the offense, um, you know, in this one, because obviously he can be a difference maker. Um, it needs to be a difference maker moving forward, I think, for the Chiefs to, to hit on all cylinders the way that people keep hoping that that offense will, will start hitting on all cylinders like.
0: Yeah, no, it's a massive week for the Chiefs on Thursday. Hopefully everybody can stay healthy and stay available for the game because they, they're going to need everybody that they can get this week.
1: So, how, I mean, how nervous are you going to be just like refreshing Adam Schefter and Tom Pelissero's Twitter feeds to see?
0: Oh, know, I, I won't need to refresh it. I get, I get alerts. We're good. <laughs> uh, i'll have the alerts available to me unless something happens in news on wednesday and thursday that i'm busy editing at that point
1: yeah but but how nervous will you be you know oh, like- i
0: already i already said twice on the podcast i'm gonna be nervous to kick off man like I, I don't know who's gonna be available i don't know i don't know you just don't know like whenever that happens like a logistical mind like me you're already thinking as soon as josh gordon uh got announced yesterday you're like okay well then who was he in contact with potentially like uh, w- I wonder what room, you know, if there were certain rooms that he had, to, that he was in, uh, what was on his tracker, you know, in terms of the time that he was around people were they, were they have to wear a mask in the facility. I don't remember all their protocols offhand. So then all those things are running through my head within two minutes of hearing that didn't tweet any of them, but they're running through my head because I'm a logistical person like that. And then I'm like, man, I'm like, all right, well, hopefully, hopefully man. Hopefully they don't have to worry about anything else. Well, I, I, mean, I, I, like, I think it does help that
1: Rick Burkholter, uh, the chief's head athletic trainer helped develop the NFL protocols. So um, he's very well aware of what they entail, um, what his responsibilities are and the things he needs to do to make sure that that guys, number one, stay healthy and safe. Um, and two, You know, can continue to compete, you know, as needed. I mean, that's part of his job, obviously, is to get guys ready to be on the field, um, you know, as healthy and as as often as possible. So I I think, um, you know, this is one of those times you got to have a lot of faith in Rick Burkholder. But I'll tell you one guy who I think you want to know.
0: I bet he's had a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of worry over the past past two years, man. I can only imagine what he's had to be through with with all that. Absolutely. But I'll tell
1: you one guy who I think is going to be highly motivated for this game. Uh, and that's Melvin Ingram. It's his first chance. Oh, not play. not just
0: him. The other guy we were talking about. Remember the running back? Derek Gore.
1: Yeah, but I mean, who who knows how much Gore is going to be even involved? Melvin Ingram, we know, is going to see the oh, field.
0: I'm, I'm, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm feeding Gore and Diller and Williams nonstop. And I'm, I'm giving them every opportunity, especially Derek Gore to go against his old team like that. Oh man, I will. Oh, I will, here you want twenty touches? Here you go. Run over him. <laughs> yeah, I I still think
1: uh, Melvin Ingram is more of a proven commodity in my mind. I I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna want to prove that they made a mistake in not keeping him around.
0: I think he's gonna want to remind Justin Herbert that he's not a teammate <laughs> anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very often, like, but I will yeah, s- just
1: introduce himself like Alex Oakford did. Derek Carr.
0: Yeah, but what what I will say about Melvin go- or Melvin Ingram um yeah with with melvin ingram like some people i I chatted with like he has been a really really big part of what the chiefs have been able to do defensively with how he approaches his preparation whether it's in the film room or on the practice field or game day he's brought another level of intensity that a lot of guys have from what i've heard have fed off on uh on the defense so there's there's a lot he was that jolt that this defense needed to take it to the level that they're taking it to. Doesn't mean they weren't capable of it. It was just a nice little jolt that kind of got got some guys to take it to another level just because of how he approaches and how he practices and how he goes about things. So having a guy like him, having a guy like Tyron Matthew, you know, those, those guys have really, really helped kind of this, helped this defense try to strive for excellence. So, I mean, I'm really curious to see even if they don't have Chris Jones in the game, I'm just curious to see how this defense does this time around, because the defense had some stops early on against the chargers there, but then they started picking on Mike Hughes and the linebackers in you know, in coverage. And that, that's really what, it and what able, and then the defense got put in some bad situations, <laughs> turnover wise. So I, that's where I'm kind of really intrigued to see what this Chiefs defense is able to do, and I hope hope Ingram can be a big part of it and have himself a defensive player of the week type of performance.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, but yeah, you got to remember, like like Frank Clark wasn't available in that game. You know, Melvin Ingram wasn't on the team yet. I mean, the Chiefs are healthier and and they're different. Um, you know, and obviously everything could change. Um, you know, if Chris Jones isn't able to go. Um, you know, but, but, you know, look, it'll be interesting. I, I still think um, at some point they're going to line up uh, and you're going to go with who you got and, and the AFC West is still going to be at stake. Um, and I'm guessing if you had to choose between Andy Reed or Brandon Staley in a situation like this, um, you'd like to have Andy Reed be the guy on your sideline for this one.
0: Yeah, no, he's got the experience. He knows that he knows the moments, just a matter of if this, if this offense can match what it did against the Raiders if they can do that, then they, they've they given themselves a fantastic, fantastic chance. I'm just, I'm genuinely excited to see this chief's defense versus this Chargers offense to see if the chiefs can kind of prove to some of the national media that they keep, that keep picking at them, that what they're saying is widely inaccurate and that this chief's defense can travel and perform on anybody. Yeah. Well, ho- I'm,
1: I'm rooting that you don't have to make a trip to Wendy's after this one.
0: Um, you know, but, uh, um, I think it'll be closed by then <laughs> <in this> game. <laughs> Thursday at seven,
1: <laughs> but you know, I mean, it'll, 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 you know, we'll all get through it together. No matter what happens on Thursday. All I can say is take them to church, <laughs> uh, church on a Thursday. Um, <laughs> uh, with that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I got nothing else, man. Um, and, uh, frankly, I gotta go pick up my kids from daycare. So
0: <laughs> That's how you end a podcast right there. All right, take care. <laughs> <job. laughs>